Ever wondered who and what is shaping Luxembourg? This is your Lux Unplugged podcast with your hosts, Adrian and Thierry. Hi, I'm Adrian. And I'm Thierry. This week, we're talking to Luc Provost, CEO at B Medical Systems. Can you tell us more about our conversation with Luc? B Medical Systems is another recent success story, and this all made in Luxembourg. They rose to fame late last year when the first COVID-19 vaccine was announced. Indeed, this company manufactures medical cooling equipment with a specialization edge in the human vaccine cold chain segment. The COVID-19 crisis and the unprecedented scale of intervention resulted in governments not being ready to tackle such a disruptive event. Luke's company came in handy by advising not only Luxembourg's government, but also many other countries in Europe. Yes, the distribution of vaccine is a very delicate operation. It requires careful planning and a lot of know-how. B Medical System is essential in providing highly sophisticated cooling equipment to accommodate any type of vaccine, and this in very large quantities. Correct. Here we've got one of the world leaders in what they call the cold chain distribution, which ensures that vaccines are transported from one transportation hub, like ports or even airports, to the final destination where the vaccine administration to the public is performed. It's been a very interesting journey so far in relation to COVID-19, and we definitely encourage our listeners to follow Luke's company in the immediate future. And now, please enjoy our conversation with Luke Provost, CEO at B Medical Systems. Luke, thank you very much for joining the, the podcast. Thank you very much for having me today. It's an amazing pleasure to, to have on the show. As you know, there's a, a tradition on this podcast. So before we dive into the actual core of the, of the subject, how would you introduce yourself? So my name is Luke Provost. I am the CEO of B Medical Systems, and uh, I've been living in Luxembourg for uh, 25 years, more or less. And actually uh, arrived in, in Luxembourg uh, by accident after my military service. And uh, actually, um, I have always been living in international environments. My dad being uh, in the military, we uh, lived in Germany, we lived in Canada, we lived in uh, SHAPE, which is the headquarters of NATO. And that really has given me uh, a very high level of interest of different cultures, different nationalities, different uh, people. And that's something that uh, throughout my career I have been lucky enough to find over and over again. And uh, especially here in the medical, uh, where I started in 2000 uh, as a sales manager for Europe. And this company has uh, really uh, given me this international environment again, because today uh, we are close to 320 people working in this company today. And uh, I think we're close to 23 or 25 different nationalities, which makes it a, a very fun and nice environment uh, to work in. Uh, I have a uh, business and management background as studies. And I would say to my position today in being medical, the only link that I really had uh, in my past history was actually my military service, which I did for the uh, medical division in the Belgian military. And uh, I'm happy to be back into this medical field because 
it really is a rewarding environment to be in to work. In terms of international flavor, I think uh, we could all agree that uh, Luxembourg is the right country uh, for it. And then, as you now explained, with uh, B Medical uh, Systems, a very international company based in Luxembourg. But why did you choose this career path after uh, the military service? Well, actually, um, I have always been very much interested in uh, technology and innovation. And actually, my very first job uh, was in composite materials. And uh, composite materials was a very interesting start of a career because it really touched everything. Um, it went from automotive industry to uh, aids for handicapped uh, individuals to renewable energies and, and I think this uh, technological uh, approach to my career is something that has helped me throughout because uh, also this company is really uh, keeping its leader position worldwide thanks to innovation. And I, I think if the, the management team is convinced by innovation and the, the company is capable of push this innovation in its industry, I think that's a very, very interesting position to be in because... Uh, uh, we have historically been a leader company in the world uh, on vaccination cold chain, uh, and that was uh, four decades ago. And, and we have been able to keep our position as market leader thanks to innovation. So technology is something that has always driven me and uh, continues to drive me and also the teams here at B-Medical. Yeah, talk about more specifically as, as you know about B-Medical Systems as you joined it quite two decades ago now, more than two decades ago with the passion, with the innovation drive that you have. First of all, how would you describe this particular business of yours? And secondly, you were just mentioning that, yeah, it's, you've been very active now in the vaccine culture and distribution or at least like sustaining it. So for the wider audience that is not so familiar with uh, the coaching, how would you describe uh, both of them? So first your business and, and of course the coaching concept. So first of all, B Medical Systems is, has originated uh, as a part of the Electrolux group and we were a very small division of Electrolux. Uh, Electrolux uh, was a very well-known brand name around the world uh, and included many other brands like Zanussi, Zanke, AEG, uh, Husqvarna, uh, White Westinghouse. So it was a very, very big group, uh, 115,000 employees, 55 million products sold every year. And uh, this company had acquired one of its competitors here in Luxembourg which was a competitor in minibar production for hotels. And uh, this company joined the Electrolux Group, being acquired by them. And throughout our existence here in Luxembourg, we always had a multiple activity on several market segments. Uh, one of them was being automotive industry. A second one was the medical uh, industry. Then there was the food and beverage industry. And the military uh, industry in terms of uh, blood transport for the military. And, and so uh, throughout our history, we have, as a company, developed ourselves on those four segments. But uh, the true uh, heartbeat and, and the DNA of this company has always been medical equipment and, and products to save lives. And, and during the, uh, I would say, uh, forced last decades, one of the challenges was that uh, our heart was beating for medical, but the, the group uh, was focused more on leisure uh, equipment, uh, products for the hotel, uh, also for the leisure vehicles and so on. 
And so we were never able to develop ourselves, I would say, full force ahead with the medical equipment. And so over a period of 10 years' time, uh, we did five attempts for a management buyout. And in 2015, we finally succeeded to become completely independent and to focus on our heart of the business, which is medical. And so today, the, the company has developed entirely uh, its activity on medical equipment. And today, we have three large segments on which we are working. Uh, the first segment is uh, medical refrigeration. Traditionally, as you would know it, uh, and as you would encounter it in hospitals, in clinics, in universities, uh, where you would typically see refrigerators and freezers uh, anywhere from plus 5 degrees to minus 80 degrees. The second market segment being blood transfusion segment. And so all the blood transfusion centers today, and many of them around the world, are equipped with uh, B-medical equipment. And that goes from uh, transport boxes, uh, again, blood refrigerators, plasma freezers, plasma shock freezers, and transport boxes. And then the third activity which we have is the human vaccine cold chain, which today is all over the news uh, around the world. And that activity is actually our core activity and the main activity for the company today. And we produce uh, all the equipment which is used for the last mile, meaning that once the vaccine uh, leaves the uh, manufacturing site uh, of the vaccines, it is then being transported to the country of destination via road, rail or air. And once it enters the country, then our equipment comes into play and our equipment will allow to uh, distribute the vaccines from the incoming or inbound port or airport and then deliver it all the way down into the population. And that can go very, very remotely. It can be the uh, Amazon forest in Brazil. It can be the Chad desert. Uh, it can be uh, any difficult location, any of the 12,000 islands of Indonesia, for example. And so what is interesting with our equipment is that uh, we really have a solution, a complete solution for the distribution of vaccines. And that is today very, very important in this COVID crisis. You, you explained the setup of the business and especially since the outbreak of the pandemic and more specifically since the first COVID-19 rollout, the vaccine. Um, how have you managed uh, the rise in demand for storage devices? So actually, our company uh, was in the lucky situation that uh, historically we have always been on national programs, meaning that uh, our company is very well set up for large-scale operations. And typically, uh, we have equipped uh, countries like Egypt, uh, DRC, uh, Nigeria, with thousands and thousands and thousands of equipments in the cold chain. And very often these programs are uh, deployed in a very short period of time. So meaning that once that money is available, either from the Ministry of Health or from donors, in that case what happens is that uh, the countries want to uh, buy and deploy large-scale and large-quantity uh, equipment within the country in a very short period of time. And the advantage of our manufacturing technology, but also the way that this uh, company is set up for flexibility, allows us to produce in a very short period of time thousands and thousands of products uh, because we use a technology which is unique, which is called rotomolding. Rotomolding is a technology uh, which you can 
if you want to simplify the uh, image of it, it's, it's like making chocolate uh, shapes. You use a mold in which you uh, put plastic, which can be polyethylene or polypropylene, and then this goes into a uh, oven, and then finally you create a shape, which is actually our refrigerator or our transport box, out of one single piece, and that allows to produce many products. It allows to also produce products which are exceptionally robust. And uh, one of the challenges that we have today is that on the market you find a lot of equipment uh, which is non-professional equipment in the cold chain because it's a huge opportunity now with COVID and many companies are trying to get a, a piece of the cake but many of these companies are not certified and, and uh, so uh, the, the demand is huge as you say but this factory that we have here in Luxembourg is also set up to be able to produce large quantities and uh, we are now in a process, actually, to uh, construct a new factory next to our existing factory in uh, Luxembourg. And this operation should be finished by end of June. And not only that, we have also been invited by uh, Prime Minister Moody to set up a factory in India, which we are also in process of doing, and which also should be ready in a few months' time. As you know, governments have been under a huge amount of pressure, well, less in the UK now because they are rolling out, but uh, in Europe, things have been a bit more difficult in terms of coordination, but uh, still they have to handle a, an unprecedented crisis with those, a lot of scrutiny coming from the public. In your case, how has B Medical Systems contributed to actually removing a bit of pressure from public officials so that they can make sure that the, the vaccines are available to the public in, in the best uh, ways possible? Actually, that's a, that's a very good question there because um, one of the challenges that we see around the world and uh, between many, many different governments is the fact that they do not know which vaccines, in which quantity and when they will be available in the country. And that is a huge uh, challenge for the governments because they do not know which uh, profile of vaccine uh, will arrive to the country one. And, and all of us have heard lately on the news the Pfizer vaccine, which has a very challenging uh, logistical temperature, which is minus 80 because it's based on mRNA technology. Uh, but then you also have uh, vaccines which need minus 20 environments and you have vaccines which need plus four degrees in, in environments to be stored and transported. And that is very challenging for a government because, of course, the economical means are limited. Uh, the need is huge in terms of quantities. And so it's a, it's a very complex uh, logistical challenge to be able to be ready for the arrival of all types of vaccines. And actually, B Medical has been exceptionally well prepared for such a situation because what we have done is we have uh, developed products which can be used for different profiles of vaccines, meaning that uh, a minus 80 freezer from B Medical can be used for a minus 80 freezing uh, storage condition like the Pfizer vaccine, but also can use the same unit to produce a minus 20 environment, which is ideal for the Moderna vaccine. And we have developed several products like this, which allow to be very flexible. And this has proven to be extremely efficient here in Luxembourg, for example, in Luxembourg, where we already see a mix of different vaccines and different profiles, temperature profiles of vaccines. But Luxembourg, being equipped with uh, the B-Medical uh, product range, is capable with the same equipment to face any arrival of any type of vaccine in the country 
and to be able to deploy it uh, efficiently. And it's not only a question of having the right equipment to transport and to store, but all of this equipment that we deploy in vaccination programs is also embarked with uh, intelligence, meaning that they have a fully traceable system for the vaccines to prove at any point of time that the temperatures have been maintained in the right level and that the vaccine, when it is being administrated to the people, it has a full potency when being administrated. And this is very important because the vaccines usually are a transparent liquid. And if it is going into an extreme excursion, it can completely lose its immunization capability. But physically, you cannot see it because the liquid is a transparent liquid and it will not change color or change state if uh, it is no longer active. The only security and the only insurance policy that you have is a full traceability and good quality cold chain. Out of interest, because you were saying that Luxembourg has been equipped with B-medical systems equipment for a while now, so they are ready to accommodate any, any type of vaccines that are being produced with different temperature requirements. But um, just uh, as this podcast is about Luxembourg, uh, would you say that uh, in terms of handling the situation locally, would you say that the government has been good at, at doing things? What has been your perception of the government's response overall in Luxembourg? No, I think the uh, government in, in Luxembourg has done it extremely well. I think the benefit of Luxembourg is that it is a very well-organized country. And that's not to say because we are a Luxembourg <laughs> company. Uh, to be honest, uh, very early stage, we were contacted by the uh, COVID response team in Luxembourg. Uh, they knew that they had uh, expertise in the country uh, on vaccination cold chain and national programs. And so they uh, came to us uh, asking us to help them plan and uh, organize the entire cold chain in the country based on our four-decade experience. And uh, actually, it, it has worked so well that uh, in cooperation with the Luxembourg government, we have now even uh, edited together a country buying guide, which really uh, takes the approach from scratch and which brings the governments along through the entire uh, process of setting up the ideal cold chain in a country, whatever the uh, type of uh, demography, geography, uh, logistical uh, access ways are, if it is a centralized or a decentralized model. And we have already shared this document with many different governments, and it has come in very useful. So I think, yes, Luxembourg can really be considered in Europe, within Europe, as a uh, role model in terms of uh, vaccine cold chain, which has been really very well optimized. It's obviously always great to hear the manufacturing industry in Luxembourg producing products that are exported uh, worldwide, not just you know to the neighboring countries. Can you explain to us why the made in Luxembourg is important in the context of export and, of course, to, to you as a company? To what extent it has contributed to your recent success? Yes, Luxembourg has been for us a, a very, very good location. And uh, first of all, I would say because of the knowledge and the know-how that has been developed and acquired here in Luxembourg. Actually, in 2015, when we did the management buyout uh, that was supported by a Malaysian private equity, the first thing that they did is they took the management team to Asia to see where 
the manufacturing could be delocalized and implemented in Southeast Asia for a better costing approach in terms of the manufacturing. And actually, very quickly, the owners identified themselves and acknowledged themselves that the level of know-how in Luxembourg was far above and beyond what they could see uh, within the 12, 15 factories that we visited in Southeast Asia. And so the uh, intention was then uh, to come back to Luxembourg and develop Luxembourg and invest in Luxembourg. So in terms of uh, knowledge and know-how, Luxembourg is a a very well-suited place to be uh, to get access to innovation, technology, and know-how. A second aspect of Luxembourg being interesting on the international level is the fact that Luxembourg is a very well-known country around the world, but is also very well organized, again, in terms of its embassies, in terms of its uh, economical uh, support for companies, but also in terms of the uh, economical uh, representatives that you have around the world. And very often when we travel around the world, Uh, A mandatory stop for us is to stop by the embassies because we are getting a lot of support from the Luxembourg ambassadors who are really promoting actively the Luxembourg know-how, the Luxembourg economy and the Luxembourg industry around the world. And uh, I think that uh, every single embassy around the world from Luxembourg knows B-Medical and B-Medical knows them because they are extremely, extremely helpful. And uh, the example that I had given just a bit earlier on India, our expansion in India, again, this was an initiative from Prime Minister Bettel, who during his virtual summit with Prime Minister Modi proposed the uh, help of B-Medical in terms of the fight against COVID for India. And Prime Minister Modi jumped on it. uh, And the same day, we were invited by the ambassador of India to Brussels to come to India, and three weeks later, the entire project of setting up a factory in India was up and rolling. And again, this is thanks to the uh, support that we have gotten from the Luxembourg politicians, who around the world are, are very active, I must say. In terms of, more specifically, about your business and, of course, the supply chain, to what extent is it paramount to successful export business in your case? And secondly, I'd be quite interested to know how the local institutions like the Chamber of Commerce have, you know, assisted you in making sure that uh, the supply chain is uh, is maintained as it is? So actually, we we've have uh, received a, a lot of support since the beginning of the, the COVID crisis, but even before. And, and actually, uh, the COVID crisis has really put us in the front line on, on many different aspects. Uh, if we talk about the uh, supply chain very quickly, from the Luxembourg government, we have received a... Uh, supporting letter requesting our suppliers worldwide to give priority to the supplies of the medical because we are a company providing vital equipment to fight COVID. And that has been extremely helpful in many cases already today. And the supply chain in COVID has been extremely challenging. Uh, If we think as a company, we are very cautious. And, And for example, we have supplier A, supplier B, just in case that something happens with supplier A that we have a second supplier to to, uh, fall back on. But uh, we have seen that even with taking as many precautions as you can take, uh, we have been in challenging situations because supplier A and supplier B, for example, were both uh, located in Italy. And uh, in the beginning of the COVID crisis, if you all remember, Italy was very heavily hit. 
And uh, so uh, we had components uh, where we had both suppliers sitting in Italy and both suppliers were totally paralyzed and could not supply uh, our factory. So that is something which is extremely uh, challenging today. And again, so that we, we have received support from the Luxembourg government, the Chamber of Commerce, and uh, also uh, they have put us in contact with suppliers based in Luxembourg or around Luxembourg, which has shortened uh, heavily the uh, supply chain to our company. And if I recall correctly, uh, three years ago, we were procuring approximately 6 million euros of supplies in Luxembourg. And uh, this year, we will be ending at around 20 million uh, euros in Luxembourg. So to shorten the supply chain, to bring it closer to home, is something which adds to reliability of the supply chain. And I think it has been a positive move. And I, I think even at government levels, that's something that has been acknowledged. If you look at the crisis that occurred in the beginning with the facial protective masks, everybody uh, very quickly uh, was aware that uh, almost the entire worldwide supply of facial masks were coming from China. And, and that was a huge problem because it was really a fight uh, for every single country to get uh, supplied the necessary quantity of masks that were needed. And, and here to, to bring the supply chain closer to home, to produce in Europe for Europe, I think is, is a very wise decision direction to take. And uh, you, you just mentioned, obviously, the challenges with uh, importing uh, products from, from the Far East or of China and so on. But with an increase of self-reliance on the European manufacturing market, in your opinion, how important is it that we increase manufacturing in Europe in a sustainable way compared to relying on too much import from, from the Far East, as, as just mentioned? I, I believe it is hugely important. And, and, and uh, I think uh, it just secures so much better the reliability uh, of supplies. But also uh, we have seen an improvement in terms of quality. Uh, coming back to suppliers which are closer to home, uh, we have seen that in terms of quality, we are still getting a better quality uh, here in Europe in many cases. I would not say in all cases, but in many cases. And, and so I think uh, the European uh, manufacturing, I believe, must come back in the forefront. And I, I think the one way of doing it, and that's also the trajectory that the medical has chosen, is to do it through innovation. If you can come up with very innovative products, then you can really make a difference. And then you can justify also buying every single component as a very high quality uh, component. And this is uh, something which in our situation today, I would say is really uh, easy to demonstrate. If you imagine that in one single uh, minus 80 freezer, you have more than uh, 4 million euros of value of vaccines, well, in that case, you do not hesitate to pay 12,000 euros for a minus 80 freezer, which is of very good quality, because that is your best insurance policy that you can have. And, and so, again, there the, the justification makes a lot of sense. And in terms of other markets um, or other sectors in, in manufacturing, would you welcome having more uh, manufacturing based in Luxembourg? As we know, Luxembourg is renowned for its financial institutions, but I'm pretty sure that there are many capabilities to have more manufacturing companies in, in Luxembourg or based in Luxembourg. 
No, absolutely. I, I think Luxembourg is, is really has a very interesting ecosystem, which is linked uh, to research centers, uh, to the university, to the support from government to, to invest in, in, in engineers, in innovation, uh, in research. And, and I think this environment really uh, is a very good motivator to uh, guarantee sustainability. And that's something where I believe that uh, in, in many uh, other countries, very often when there is a crisis, uh, there, there's uh, waves of cost cutting and, and, and difficult environments. And, and there I believe that uh, Luxembourg is really in a very interesting situation because be it in, in manufacturing expansion, be it approach to new technologies uh, via the university, be it uh, in support uh, for your exports. I, I think Luxembourg is really a fantastic place to be in for uh, an industry. And I think uh, it's not only us uh, today, thanks to the, or due to the, the, the COVID crisis, uh, that it is really being put on the front of the scene. But I, I think many industries find uh, interesting opportunities in Luxembourg. And if you look at companies like Seratizit, uh, for example, or Paul Ruecht, or, or, or there's many large industries and interesting industries which are in totally different fields than ours, which are also very successful internationally. But I, I think they all benefit from the same kind of ecosystem that we do, uh, being all, although in, in very different uh, market segments and, and activities. But surely Luxembourg has uh, experienced some uh, some challenges recently in attracting more manufacturing players. And we've had other guests on the on the podcast saying that uh, there's a, a form of complacency in Luxembourg, especially uh, putting more emphasis on the on the services based industry. So my my question to you is if uh, if there was anything you would uh, change or what what kind of ways would you have uh, up your sleeve to to improve the attractivity. Of Luxembourg in the manufacturing space, I think Luxembourg uh, it, it has really put in place uh, many different opportunities for manufacturing companies to install and, and deploy in, in Luxembourg. I think it is more uh, maybe the knowledge of industrial players about the big advantages that Luxembourg has to offer which is maybe uh, more challenging. And I think if uh, uh, more communication would be done around that, uh, I, I think many more companies would be attracted uh, to Luxembourg. I think Luxembourg has developed itself quite well in, in, the, in the recent years. And I think also uh, it has uh, very well developed from one industry to the other industry over the years. And I think uh, it also identifies quite uh, accurately which are the uh, segments to invest in for a uh, sustainable future. So I think it's uh, communication most likely would be the uh, main factor that I would uh, emphasize to really bring uh, manufacturing companies to Luxembourg. Okay, wonderful. Well, um, that's the end of, of our chat, Luke. It was a, a huge pleasure to, uh, to have you on the show. And we, uh, we definitely look forward to monitoring the situation in Luxembourg, and especially the, the evolution of your business, with the, well, especially with the rollout of the vaccines coming up now, as uh, slowly the world is adapting to, to COVID and, and especially fighting against it. So thank you so much, Luke, for taking the time. And we look forward to having you back soon enough. Thank you for having me today. Thanks for listening to the Luxembourg podcast. Please share this podcast with friends and family and leave us a review on iTunes. Also, please don't forget to visit our website, luxunplugged.com. And see you next time. Mm-hmm.